the hard shoulder. All News Talk with the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. Well, on today's Hard Shoulder Health Check, we are joined, I'm delighted to say, by Dr. Jonathan Lyne, Director of Cardiac Electrophysiology at the Beacon Hospital, who's going to talk to us about irregular heartbeats. Uh, Jonathan, thanks a million for your time. Uh, what falls into the category of irregular heartbeat? Um, I think, Karen, the most uh, common irregular heartbeat is a condition uh, of atrial fibrillation, or AFib, as many patients know it. It's the most common irregular heartbeat uh, in the world and probably the most common cardiac rhythm problem in the world. It affects over 7 million patients across Europe and the United States. And I think what most people would call an irregular heartbeat, that's really the condition they're, they're referring to. There's a number of other conditions of extra beats and other things that can make the pulse irregular. But I think atrial fibrillation is really sort of okay. the focus of this and, and the most common. Well, well, let's talk about AFib then, uh, as, as you called it. How does that present itself? What does it feel like for the patient? Sure. I think the main thing to say is that not everyone with episodes, because it can be episodic, it's not always continuous, uh, not everyone has the same symptoms and some people have no symptoms at all. It can be silent, if you like. Uh, symptoms can include palpitation, so sort of aware of the heart in the chest or thumping or, or bumping of the heart, but that can be very, very difficult to notice. Sometimes just tiredness, weakness, difficulty exercising, dizziness, lightheadedness. So it can be very, very nonspecific. Okay, I just kind of deja vu for all of me. Earlier this year, I had a little bit of this myself, Jonathan, actually, and I ended up with a halter monitor uh, around me here in the News Talk studio and News Talk breakfast. And thankfully, it, it turned out to be more of a lifestyle issue because I was, as I sure. mentioned, working on News Talk breakfast, so not getting any sleep and drinking loads of coffee. At what point should yeah. people be worried about it? Because you know, lots of people feel the odd little flutter, maybe. Sure, that's right. I think if anyone's concerned, they might have symptoms or something that I'd say, look, get checked out. An ECG is painless. An ECG is really attaching some electrical pads onto the surface of the skin, takes five minutes, and can tell you what the rhythm is like at the time those are on. And some people, like you say, like yourself, will need a more long-term monitor um, to see uh, if they have symptoms that which may come and go. So I think if people aren't sure, get checked and see. It's a very important thing to know if you have it or not across all patients, it's associated with a five times increased risk of stroke. And that's a very important thing to find out. So for people then who, who may have it, at what point is medical intervention or some sort of intervention, whether that be kind of mechanical or electric, needed? Sure. I think for a lot of patients, like you say, lifestyle issues are very important. Um, coffee, alcohol, sleep, uh, weight, um, these are all uh, important sort of lifestyle uh, things that can be addressed in a number of patients. But beyond that, then we do have a number of medications to either slow down the rate of the heart for some patients and other patients to try and keep them in a normal rhythm. Some patients, they might go too slow and need a pacemaker. And we've been doing a new procedure at the, the Beacon in the past couple of months, uh, a procedure called left bundle branch pacing, which is a particular type of pacemaker procedure that actually mm. activates the patient's own electrical cables of the heart rather than the heart muscle itself. Okay. So it's a much more efficient way of using a pacemaker. And secondly, uh, other options can be surgical. They include procedures such as ablation, burning or freezing in the heart to stop, if you like, rogue cells setting out a rhythm. And we've been doing a new procedure again at the Beacon Hospital called a convergent ablation, which is a joint procedure with a surgeon and myself. And we basically do a procedure to burn some of that aberrant tissue away mm. and, uh, and preserve the rhythm uh, and in a normal rhythm. 
Uh, and uh, what what age does this generally present itself? Well, it's certainly most common uh, as we get older. That's definitely one of the most common, I think, risk factors. When we get to 80 years of age, there's a 10% chance any one of us will have this. So it's a very, very common condition. As I said, over 7 million people in Europe and US. So it can present at any age. You know, we certainly have people in their 20s. Sometimes that lifestyle, sometimes that's a family history. There might be some genetic factors. But as we get older, look, it's more likely that we'll have high blood pressure, diabetes, thyroid problems and these can all relate to an increased risk of uh, suffering from atrial fibrillation. And what about those people maybe who are listening who know they have heart problems in their family? Like what, what, what kind of things can they do now to, to you know, I suppose, push these problems down the line? Yeah, I, th- I think those lifestyle things are important. I think, you know, fitness, looking after yourself, be it, you know, check blood pressure. If, uh, you know, if you get the opportunity to see a, a doctor, nurse or something in maybe uh, less difficult times than we have with COVID at the moment. But maybe, you know, just be aware that, you know, lifestyle issues and looking after yourself in general can certainly have a big effect on developing a condition such as atrial fibrillation over time. Listen, Jonathan, thanks a million for your time here on Pleasure. The Hard Shoulder. Dr. Jonathan Lyne, Director of Cardiac Electrophysiology at the Beacon Hospital. <laughs>